Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host Calder Nest. This episode, we're going to be talking about new future foundation, Fantastic Four, Fast Forces, fa 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 fa, fantastic freaking previews. All right, more previews from Scotty P's unboxing and several, several different people on Facebook and the Twitterverse. We're also going to be talking about the two new rules articles that dropped, being about theme teams and a couple of power changes on the HeroClix website. This is episode 349. Howdy, howdy. Let's get rowdy. Dialage for HeroClix is brought to you by CoolStuffing. Com. You can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest HeroClix singles and seal products. Make sure you check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. For a limited time for the month of February, I believe, Cool Stuff Inc. is doing a PS5 giveaway. If you sell to them uh, $50 the product, and I don't know if this counts using the 35% buy-in to inflate the value worth the product you get, no idea. Um, but if you sell to them 50 bucks for the product, each $50 you sell to them, uh, gives you one entry to a PS5 giveaway. So I sadly uh, already sold a bunch of stuff to Cool Stuff Inc. last week. It was like 200 bucks worth of stuff too. Um, but it makes me want to go out, buy some uh, Hero Clicks, maybe at a local venue, take a little bit of an L, try to uh, try to sell a whole bunch of minis to them just to get more PS5 entries. But yeah, if you ever were thinking about, hey, want to win a PS5, you're not paying for an entry. You're selling stuff to them. So you're making money. You're just making money, period. And then you can also win a PS5. Now is your time to do it. Go to CoolStuffInc.com. Check it out. They didn't tell us to say that. I genuinely just think that's a really sweet thing to do right now, uh, especially with the 35% buy-in bonus. So absolutely, guys, just do it. A few things uh, you guys want to know. Um, I want to make a video one of these days just talking about the differences of selling to like Cool Stuff Inc., other companies, how to go about selling to a website, how they expect you to sort your clicks, um, things like that. There's there's a lot to it, and it's really cool. And if you know the best way to sell, best way to get your most money out of it, it's awesome. And you can win a PS5, which is so cool. So it's got to be in February. So even if they don't receive it, the buy order just has to be um, sent in February. Obviously, once you do the buy order, you got to ship it within 10 days. They have to receive it within 10 days. So just do it, guys. It's awesome. It's super easy to sell uh, the cool stuff. Hang, so just go for it. And I'll also use code DIAL5, D-I-A-L-5, 5% off your order. Uh, Simeon is joining me in the studio, like always, the current defending uh, Dial H for Hero Clicks champion. What is going on, Billion Clicks Bruce? Yeah, you forgot to say, it's not just a PS5 and two controllers, Calder. It also comes with Sackboy, a big adventure. <laughs> so, I am a Little Big Planet fan. I love the Little Big Planet games. Oh, I did forget that that was the an game. Amazing. So, it came out PS3? I'm not going to say it was, PS3, like, it was like 2011 graphics or, or anything. Yeah, it was it was a no, fairly no. early title in like the PS3 uh, era. But uh, I'm not going to say it was like a revolutionary Lifespan. graphics yeah. or anything. But it's really fun graphics, and I I think they still hold up today on like PS3. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the better oh, platformers yeah. I ever played. Um, not like groundbreaking. But well, I think no. They they try to push a lot of cool stuff, creativity, which is really cool. I think Little Big Planet Two is probably the best one. I I know I played Little Big Planet One. I platinumed it. It's a tough game to platinum. It's like go through a level without ever dying. Which you're like, well, how else do you get past the level? 
there's a lot of respawns in Little Big Planet. Um, trying to get through some of those levels without dying is really tough. Is really freaking tough. It's like trying to get like through like Super Meat Boy without dying in a level. You know mm, what I mean? So like yeah. Little Big Planet's a it's a, dude, it's a tough game. Little Big Planet is a tough game to platinum. I mean, I platinum the first one and the second one. I think I was like way too burnt out on it to play the third one. So I don't know if the third Little Big Planet is good or not. But I know I played like all the DLC for the first Little Big Planet. It had like Marvel DLC. It had uh, what's it called? Goodness gracious, Metal Gear Solid DLC, which is really cool. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Little Big Planet games are great. I yeah. I boycotted the third one after they didn't put Sackboy in PlayStation All Stars. I felt like the slight against Sackboy and his people uh, was too great. Sack Sackboy was in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale though. He was. I stand by my comment. <laughs> he was. He was in the I game. Was he? <laughs> he was I only there. remember. I only remember yeah. like Sonic and uh, Snake and Sonic like, a few wasn't others. in PlayStation All Stars. What am I thinking of? Snake was also not Battle Royale Stars. What am I? I'm. I don't know. No There's... Battle Royale. The, the entire game is PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. P S R B. PlayStation. P S A R B. PlayStation All Stars. P S A S. RB, PSASRB, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Yeah. And you're going to lie to me Battle and Royale. say that Sonic and Snake weren't in it, but Sackboy was. <laughs> Sonic and Snake are in Smash Bros. Sonic and Snake are in uh, Smash Bros. And then this PlayStation-only characters in this PlayStation-only fighting game, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Uh, wow. Sonic and Snake are just Clearly in, like, this is a, Smash uh, 4. The Mandela Smash effect, Ultimate. because after 2012... Our world was combined with an alternate dimension, so Calder is clearly from the uh, alternate dimension where that game played out, as oh, he sure. says. Uh, but sure. in the original dimension, the one I uh, am currently in and was in originally, uh, that is not the case. So uh, oh we're God. both correct, Okay. thanks to wow. conspiracy nonsense. So good thing there. Mm. Simeon, why don't you? But yeah, guys, check out that PlayStation Five giveaway. Why don't you tell me what made you happy this week, man? Oh man, what made me happy this week is the the high of nine degrees that we got today, and that's probably going to be the high for the week. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't misspeak. That's a single digit nine degree as the high. Of course, not counting the wind chill, which uh, definitely put it in like the low ones and twos and mostly negatives all morning um pretty solid stuff the good news is none of the snow will melt or turn into slush so instead it's just gonna stay here forever and that makes me happy because uh i understand entropy and that the the entire universe will die a cold death as all of the energy in the system leaves and we if we live that long to see the end It'll just be nothing but coldness. Uh, the white frost, as they call it in The Witcher 3, uh, will come for us all. The oh Ithblane gosh. prophecy is true. Uh, Siri cannot stop it. Uh, she can try, but, you know. This is why I, I can't tell sometimes when you're just being regular Simeon depressed or if you're being like <laughs> Simeon facetious and making a freaking Witcher reference, and I just can't. I can't with this Witcher nonsense anymore. Hmm. Ugh. Witcher, I hardly Ugh. know her. Uh, please stop. Please stop. Everything uh, about that, I hate it. Um, uh, once again, the weather is something that made Simeon happy this week. Um, 
And once again, movies are something that made me happy this week. Uh, but really quick, it is sunny. So it's and it wasn't windy for me anyways. It wasn't windy for you and that it's not actually bad because it can be like zero degrees outside. But if there's no wind, it's pretty good. It's pretty nice. That's it's literally that something that you only know that. like a Midwesterner could say with a straight face. Because anybody that's like, but it's true. Anybody that's used to like winters in like the '60s would like experience that and like just say no. Like that is not true. <laughs> I agree, though. The wind does definitely. If if yeah. the temperature doesn't cut through your clothes, you hardly feel it. But with the wind there, it just like seeps into oh, yeah. all of your clothes, and then you're frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't have a good windbreaker jacket, you're not wearing layers. It feels like you're wearing nothing. There's wind. It's awful. Anyways, um, so yes, movies. I watched another seven movies this week, and here's their official ranking. First of all, um, two movies that were on my list, uh, Knights of Badassdom and Gamers Darkness Rising. Um, Really quick, I could not get through the first 20 minutes of Gamers Darkness Rising. It is awful. It is low-budget, bad-acting it's terrible. It's just such a terrible movie. It's about some D&D campaign or some crap. I don't I don't care. I couldn't bring myself to care about it. I stopped. So technically, I watched eight movies. I did not watch Gamers, Darkness Rising to Completion. Uh, but here's the official. Uh, first of all, let me tell you what movies I watched. And then let me give you in the official ranking. Uh, I watched Cabin. Uh, these are all for the first time, by the way. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, Guns Akimbo, Knights of Badassdom, Coming to America, American Ultra, Cool Runnings, and Running Man. What a strange combination uh, and, of movies. Yeah, I mean, I was just going off of Prime. Whatever looked good on Prime, I would just click next and watch it. So uh, coming in at number seven, the worst movie was Knights of Badassdom. Uh, although it does have the star, uh, star-studded cast of Peter Dinklage and like two other guys I recognized from something else but couldn't honestly tell you exactly where. Um, I think one dude was from sunny Philadelphia. The other guy's like in Community or something. It's just a, It's just, you know, it's a bad movie with bad effects so uh, i had to go there it's about larping and about accidentally summoning a real monster it was just terrible uh coming at number six is american ultra now the rest of these really aren't as bad as the number seven spot i enjoyed american ultra uh but once again it was what's her face from the vampire movies Kristen something or other and Um, stewart jesse eisenberg correct and although i didn't hate it it's just not a movie i would watch again it was a neat idea um but not really an original idea. Uh, number five. Now I did enjoy this movie, so don't take it at number five being bad. It's just based on this list of movies. That is where I would rank it. Uh, but number five is Cool Runnings. I, I really did enjoy Cool Runnings. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Come on, friend. It's bobsled time. I love it. Um, that might be offensive. Yeah, I won't kiss the yet. egg. Uh, anyway. Um, kiss the egg. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I actually really did enjoy Cool Runnings. There was just nothing crazy um, it was, you know, it's a sports movie. Getting the, I mean, I get it, it's based on the true story and everything, but it's yeah. just kind of a generic sports movie. Ragtag band of dudes have a dream going to the Olympics, and you know, whatever. So like, it's solid. I enjoy it. Uh, it's got some human spirit aspect in there, uh, but just out of all these movies, it wasn't the one I had the most fun watching. Uh, next in the number four spot is Running Man. Uh, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, movie. It's goofy. Um, I kind of like this goofy bad movie. It had uh, some of the funniest lines from Looks Arnold Schwarzenegger because like he was zero very... is now playing zero. <laughs> Good lord! Some exactly. of the worst he, he one-liners. Had one-liners. Yes, exactly. They are some of the worst one-liners in uh, in the history of cinema, and that's why I really enjoyed it. 
Uh, I really enjoyed Captain Freedom. Big Captain Freedom fan. Um, the main lady uh, who played uh, whatever opposite of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the main female actress, uh, heavily reminded me of one of my friend's wives. I know just the way she talked, her mannerisms. It was hilarious. So uh, I did. I did quite enjoy Running Man as it being a bad movie. It is honestly, it is a worse movie than Cool Runnings. Um, but because of uh, the enjoyment I got from it, I ranked it a little higher. The story is uh, based number on three is, is actually, in my opinion, much better than the movie. And not in like a, oh, they ruined it with the movie. Just in like world building. Because the world that well, like it takes place in is so really interesting. But they just <laughs> it made didn't it a generic so action goofy. movie. Yeah. Yeah, they made it too much of a generic action movie. And that's where it really killed it. Because the world is this, I could totally see our world going here, honestly, in, yeah. in a way. Um in like a Hunger Games sort of way. So like I, I vibed with it. I totally got it. Um, then number three spot, Guns Akimbo, also very similar to Running Man, except in this one, it is a, a live stream thing, which is probably a more realistic version. The government isn't in charge of this game where people kill each other. It is some other company and they live stream it through Twitch or whatever lets them live stream it. But Guns Akimbo was the movie um, with Dana Radcliffe in the uh, little fuzzy slippers and the guns bolted to his hands if you've seen that meme of daniel radcliffe and like his bathrobe with the guns on his hands that is guns akimbo it's a fun movie it's probably my favorite daniel radcliffe movie because i'm not a harry potter fan at all so i heavily enjoyed uh guns akimbo thought it was a good time uh, he's in swiss uh, army see. man and he plays a corpse the entire i have time. not so that's a fun movie have not seen that movie so i don't know thanks for spoiling it thanks a lot simian no, he starts off dead swiss army man for he's just He's a corpse the oh. entire time. Yeah, okay. That's like the entire plot of the movie is a dude hanging out with this corpse. Mm. It's funny, but we can also returns? weird, like just super weird. So put that okay. on your list. Oh, yeah, Guns of Kimbo was fun in a very. Um, it was filmed. It felt like Scott Pilgrim to me in a way. So it's like a Scott Pilgrim meets Running Man type of movie. Uh, number two is Coming to America. It's very subtle, and then some not so subtle humor. Um, it's definitely the most subtle Eddie Eddie Murphy humor. I've ever seen in a movie. Um, it's not so much in your face, hilarious, just whatever. It's there. Um, I liked Coming to America a lot. It was just a really uh, easy, pleasant movie. It had some visuals I didn't care for that I did not need to see in a movie ever. Um, you know, and it, but it was good. I enjoyed all the McDowell stuff. It was funny. Uh, they have funny interactions with the characters. Um, and I totally get why people enjoy Coming to America. I didn't like crazy laugh out loud through it. I'm sure if I was younger, I would have probably thought like I would have probably enjoyed it more. Um, but I did enjoy Coming to America. And then uh, at the number one spot is Cabin in the Woods. I was very tentative um, to put Cabin in the Woods in the number one spot. But I enjoyed it. As an Evil Dead fan, it hits on a lot of notes that stereotypical horror movies. You can't watch this without knowing what a horror movie is or at least being very, very familiar with the horror movie genre because it plays it riffs off of all of that. And the more of a horror movie fan you are, the more of a fan you're going to be of Cabin in the Woods. So if you're not a horror movie fan at all, just don't watch Cabin in the Woods. It's not for you. It's it's very much tailored towards people that enjoy horror movies and I am one of those people. I'm not really a gore person, but I did I did heavily enjoy Cabin in the Woods. It tells a more unique story, and uh, it's cool. It's cool seeing it from certain sides. The ending is a little like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I guess that's what we're going with. Neat. Um, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. There were some really funny parts, uh, and it was just fun. 
it was fun, you know. So yeah, that was the official ranking. So just really quick, without any uh, words in between. Uh, worst movie of the week: Knights of Badass. I'm at number seven. Then I went uh, American Ultra, Cool Runnings, Running Man, Guns Akimbo, Coming to America, and then Cabin in the Woods. So uh, I don't know if I'll be able to watch a ton more movies and keep this uh, going. Um, still have Scary Movie three written down from last week. I don't know if it's on any streaming service. I think I tried to look it up on Hulu and it wasn't there. So we will see if I watch any movies this next week or what happens. Who knows? But yeah, that is the that's my official. Uh, second movie ranking here uh, for what made me happy. At least I'm not angry. Ah, at this one. so right, right. If you had put uh, anyways, Man as like the worst, I would have been like, eh, eh. It's no, bad. it wasn't. It wasn't the worst. It's it just, was cheesy. It was bad. It wasn't bad. the worst. Yeah. Um, no, lucky for a lot of the movies on the list, I watched a just absolutely without a doubt terrible movie. Um, so yeah, that made it very easy. Made it very easy. <laughs> Yep. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into the news. News this week, we had a ton of previews from all over the place. People are just sort of finding figures in this set, more so than last, like other sets. Like, it is strange. So we haven't seen, besides the unboxings, there have been no official previews um, besides game trade, but like no clicks... So uh, happy little hero clicks. No, you know, none of those guys have been getting previews, making videos or making a big, long post about this set. Instead, people are just sort of finding them. We've got a lot of people from Australia, other countries uh, posting about Italy, obviously. Um, and then, of course, the Scott Porter unboxings happened this week, but it was very strange. We we know the entire set and all the dials in the set and no one has posted previews. It's uh, super weird. And I just sort of put that together now. It seems very odd that this is how we found out about the majority of the Fantastic Four set was all, you know, and I assume that guy who is in charge of the Hero Hooks Italia post works with WizKids or is at least their Italian rep. I sure um, hope so. I hope they didn't get in trouble for hope so, yeah. posting before Scott. Oh, no, because he did a good job, too. Um, he had two cameras. He did a fine job doing it. It was just sometimes he like moved the the thing away a little too quickly. He couldn't get a proper screenshot. But that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's just so weird. What do you think? Do you think anything's going on? Do you think WizKids is just not worried about previews of the set because they're doing all the articles? Because the previews is just they send you an email. You know, here's the pictures. Post the pictures whenever. I imagine they don't totally hold your hand through the preview process. Not that I know, because they don't give me previews. Right. Um, but uh, maybe they imagine just, it's not like, super hands on. I mean, legacy cards are a big thing, so maybe they were just worried about that information leaking. Um, right. Like even being on the inner circle, uh, I was only tentatively aware of the legacy cards. Of course, I was aware. I <laughs> was not caught off guard at all by the legacy cards inclusion. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe it was something to do with that. They were just, uh, you know, that's a pretty big add to like a set. So maybe they just didn't want a non-official like channel to get that knowledge before mm-hmm. Scott or anything else. Um, but yeah, it is it is strange. Uh, like the last set we had, we had several people get bricks and stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe the newer, more dynamic sculpts of this set were just too much to yeah. give to content Scott. creators. Scott was the only man strong enough to really yeah, just, just gotta be it. it. 
other than hero clicks attack. Yeah, I'm enemies. curious if this is potentially uh, WizKids moving away from giving content creators things. Now, I haven't talked with any other fellow content creators like this. This is just all off the cuff. Um, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me if they stopped uh, giving content creators uh, previews. It, it really wouldn't. I could see them trying to totally rein in, keep it all under like their roof. You know, I could totally see some totalitarian whiz kids action going on here. Yeah, um, I don't think yeah. it's a money issue because, um, like, what's a brick cost them? Honestly, you know, if they're giving it away, like, sure, they're not selling like the let's say they give away five bricks to be previewed. Um, they're not making that like money from those five bricks, but the amount of money that that like brings in or helps bring in, I feel like uh, like mm-hmm. is definitely offset by like whatever they give away. So yeah, it would, if they are, if it was a well, conscious yeah. decision, it would definitely be on like the end of uh, something like out of fairness or like something along those lines where they don't want to. Uh, specifically like raise up one particular uh, content creator or like a couple different ones when there's especially for hero clicks where half the community makes content at in some way you know uh, <laughs> that's very true either they post a ton facebook groups it, it honestly does feel like there's f- like a 5,000 content creators for this game it easily does but yeah, Simeon, why don't you uh, jump into the figure that stood out to you the most this week? Go ahead and talk. Talk about some figures, some legacy cards here really quick. And then we'll get into the rules articles. Oh, yeah. So the figure that I like, that I actually, yeah, I'm just going to say the figure I'm most impressed with in the entire set. Um, and I'm going to do a quick shout out to the Marquis of Death because that's a super rare super cool really love that storyline um and i i don't know if he's going to be as impressive as i need him to be personally but he is super impressive so quick shout out to the super rare marquee of death who has a 260 point line which is a weird split but uh the figure that i need the most out of the set is of course a chase um this is actually a chase set that i would not mind at all completing I haven't fully decided if I need all of them, but I definitely need a handful of them. And the one that I need the most is the Prisoner of Planet Doom chase. Uh, so he's got Minions of Doom team ability. He has two point values. He's either 150 or 75 points, even split. Um, although his 75 point line starts on click five, and he's 10 clicks long, so not technically an even split, but you can't really do an even split with that so um i mean i guess you could but it wouldn't be as great anyhow uh the prisoner of planet doom chase he has eight range one lightning bolt both starting lines start with running shot and perplex he has an 18 defense with either invulnerability at his 150 point line or an 18 toughness at his 75 point line he has a single special attack power a single special power to be honest his whole dial and his special attack power is steel energy but with close or range attacks which hey that's a cool gem that does that um it doesn't give him the plus one defense but having full uh eight range steel energy or close steel energy his entire dial is pretty awesome he has 
similar traits that the other Dooms have. He has the many faces of Doom, which at the beginning of the game you can choose a starting line of equal points on a character from your sideline that also has that trait, which is all the chases. If you do replace this character with the chosen character, pretty cool. He has a Doom takes what he wants trait, which is whenever Prisoner of Planet Doom KOs an opposing character, after resolutions choose one, uh, you can either choose a standard power on that character's card, and Prisoner uh, Prisoner of Planet Doom can use the chosen power this game, or you can choose a combat value, and Prisoner of Planet Doom modifies the chosen combat value plus one this game. Uh, it does, it, so the, the second part of that is similar to Asuka. When she KOs an opposing character, she can choose a combat value to increase. Uh, it does not specify that he is capped at only increasing any individual combat value by one. So against like a swarm team, for instance, you could see this guy getting plus three to potentially all combat values, including range, which is not really something that's going to happen realistically, but it's still really cool. Like, let's say you just need a really high attack value and you just put three plus three into your attack. So you KO three characters, put plus three into your attack. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, his last trait, and probably the most interesting one, well, tangentially most interesting with the last one, uh, at the beginning of the game, if you are not the first player, you roll a d6. On a 1 or 2, nothing happens. But on a 3-4, the first player skips their first turn. And then on a 5 or 6, not only does the first player skip their first turn this game, but Prisoner of Planet Doom may choose both options for his Doom Takes What He Wants trait. So if you manage to roll a 5-6 and you have to be uh, not the first player um, to do this, but if you manage to roll a 5-6, not only do you get a plus 1 combat value or a power of your choice, you get both. So you can just constantly stack powers on his dial constantly increases combat values you can do both so uh there's we've seen characters that can increase combat values like this and we've seen people that can steal powers like this i believe he's the cheapest because regent is probably the second cheapest and then mazaz is uh 210 points who can steal powers but yeah, yeah the, the ability to do that um and he can still do that even if he doesn't get the roll at the beginning of the game but it's a lot sweeter if he does get that 5-6 and he's just got crazy combat values, crazy power stacking. Um, but that's pretty much all he is. Uh, he's got invuln and then toughness. He gets sidestep on the majority of the rest of his clicks. And then when he doesn't have perplex on clicks 1, 2, and 5, uh, he has ranged combat expert the rest of his dial. So he's a pretty... Pretty beefy character, Minions of Doom team ability being able to be an additional way to heal up other than his steel energy. So, yeah, I just really like this guy. We do an eventual uh, Fantastic Four Future Foundation overall set review show. But the Dooms are crazy strong. This is going to be the strongest set of chases we've had in years, like where every single chase is just like, dang, they are insanely well with this, with how well they work together, obviously all because of the many faces of doom trait, but still it's amazing. And they're all, they're all so good at this point. They're just all so freaking good. Uh, but I like this doom. He's got a full dial, a full way to heal up. He's got a long dial. 
Um, he doesn't have any crazy way to kill people. Probably exospecs being the best thing to put on him if you want to make sure you get kills because otherwise he's not dealing penetrating. He's not dealing pulse wave, whatever, anything. So him and exospecs are going to be a good friend. But then when you look at it, you got to look at, hey, maybe I don't even want to run this doom. I'll have four or five other dooms on the team and I need to choose the right equipment for whatever choice. So, I mean, exospecs is obviously still a great equipment. But anyways... Uh, that is a good pick, Simeon. I'm going to jump into maybe not a few who's like crazy good. I haven't looked at him honestly that much. This is probably the first time I'm really going to look at his dial and go deep into it. Um, but Dr. Psycho, ooh, sorry, Dr. Psycho was a, a failed project of mine years ago. This is Psycho Man. Excuse me. My bad. Psycho Man. Uh, so you might have it. I know Psycho Man. He, he, he very well might. He very well could. Uh, I very plausible. Lots of doctors in comics. Lots of doctors, and some doctors don't call themselves doctors. I imagine Reed Richards is a doctor of something, and he's just Mister Fantastic. Very well, could be Doctor Fantastic. So, uh, Psycho Man very well maybe a doctor. Anyways, I know him from the Fear itself uh, comic with Howard the Duck. Uh, I'm just happy to get a new Psycho Man. I like running that scenario personally, so very happy to get a new Psycho Man here. Uh, he has a trait which gives him the emotional modifier. Uh, he starts the game with the emotional modifier equipped. When he uses its effect, uh, the effects are within eight squares instead of four. And then besides that, he has a special damage power, which is outwit and shape change. Uh, and that'll be for his first three clicks. His dial is very simple. He has in cap and mind control for the first three clicks. He's got involved for the first two. Then he's got that outwit shape change also in the first three clicks. Last three clicks, he goes on to some perplex. He gets some penetrating psychic blast, which ramps up to an 11 for three at the end. And then he has some sidestep. He's got six range, two targets. So very mediocre, just kind of like okay figure for 75 points, especially some of the other 75 point figures we've seen from like Wonder Woman and other characters in the set. He's very mediocre, not looking at his equipment. Uh, but this is what the emotional modifier does. It's normally 10 points. Obviously, you get it with him. It's free. And then his is within eight squares. So uh, effect free. Choose one of the following to last until your next turn or until you choose again. Uh, fear, doubt, and hate. Fear. Opposing characters within four squares. For him, it's eight. Modify defense value, negative one. No line of fire, no nothing. Just characters in eight squares. Modify defense, negative one. That's what these all are. Then it's doubt. Opposing characters within four squares. Obviously, eight for him. Modify attack, negative one. Again, no line of fire, no nothing. Just boom, negative one. And then uh, hate. Characters in four squares and line of fire. So this one is specifically line of fire because uh, this one's just that good. Can use Battle Fury. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, so and you can, can just use, give everybody with an eight squared yeah. Battle Fury. Can use in Gnarly. this aspect is like has Battle Fury. So that's not like an, it's not like a, oh, I can choose to use Battle Fury. It's not an option. You yeah. have Battle Fury. So if you were planning on running shotting and targeting this guy eight squares away or whatever, uh, that's a no go if he picks that one. It gives him some really, really good protection from range if you understand what your opponent's range is. And range being as heavy as it is in this game, it's just gnarly. Um, now, obviously, he does start with shape change as his only thing of defense besides invulnerability. So use it wisely. But once again, it's it's a risk-reward factor of this. There's a lot of range stuff. Boom. And if they are going to be within eight squares, which not a ton of range is crazy higher than that it's around you know seven to six so with some good positioning sadly uh it really hurts this guy not having sidestep top dial i really 
I hate mind control. What yikes. I don't know. There are obviously worse speed powers to have top dial, probably like just force blast or something, but mind control is a rough one without any form of running shot or sidestep paired with it. It's just really raw. It's really rough. Um, but <laughs> dude, the emotional uh, modifier is so dope. So I, I'm really happy with the psycho man. He's really cool. So yeah, yeah. I do like that. It's, you want to, it's like a 10 point version. If you just take the emotional modifier by itself, it's like a 10 point version of the dune buggy, the crashed dune buggy terrain, where characters within, but it's only for opposing, so it's a better version. Uh, opposing characters within four squares modify minus one attack. Um, that's really solid. On him, it's pretty cool. One of the other things is you could uh, have opposing characters within four modify attack minus one, and then potentially mind control two of the opposing characters, and now they're friendly to your force, so their attack is no longer modified by minus one. And that's also... Mm. Just a fun little uh, way to like drop, uh, I don't know, hero clicks knowledge on your opponent mid game. Be like, haha, you've turned to my side, so you no longer have the minus. Um, but yeah, pretty cool stuff. That is solid. Yeah, I didn't think about that. No, it's good. Yeah, it is sad right. though. The one, the Talk one bad legacy. thing is the attack. Technically, both attack powers since mind control is an, a form of an attack. Uh, he can't use mind control or in cap against somebody that he gives battle fury. So once he does that, he's kind of just isn't that also weird? Got like yeah, two blank so powers. it's gonna have to be a more preventative like measure. It's very strange. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> so there is some good trade off there, uh, giving everybody battle fury, but then they get to ignore his shape change, and then he can't use mind control or incapacitate. Huh. Yeah. Now, of course, that could all change at a drop of a hat uh, at any time whenever they want to change Battle Fury because it's just too complicated of a power. Um, but yeah, no, that is some good stuff. Uh, this is, I think this is a fairly well-balanced figure overall. Um, I think he should be cheaper than 75 points. Just from what I'm seeing in this set, even with the emotional modifier, I think he should be less than 75 points, 100%. Yeah, I would 100%. say I think 75 but, uh, points will keep him from being played heavily. Um, he might still see play, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a, a bit high for uh, what we have available. The emotional modifier is points. definitely going to see uh, more play than he will, uh, without a doubt. Um, without a fear in my mind, hate in my heart, in, in doubt, in blah, blah, blah. I don't know, I was trying to make something of it, but I think I screwed them all up. Anyways, uh, without a doubt, the emotional modifier is going to see way more play than Psycho Man. But uh, that's just sort of the way objects are, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah, it is. So let's uh let's do some legacy cards, man. Okay, so I'm gonna do uh my favorite pick. Uh well yeah. I'm gonna say favorite, definitive favorite, is the uh Captain America set Human Torch. So uh this is the super rare from the set, zero five eight in the set. Um I'm gonna read his card as is and then I'll read the corrected version via clicks nexus so the way his card reads is he has a trait nova flame human torch may start the game with the nova flame it's a cool little 3d effect bubble that goes over him it's like a big old flame bubble um if the nova flame is attached human torch can use poison and modifies attack and damage plus one when human torch takes damage remove the nova flame and he's got the trait fiery aura energy shield deflection toughness but only if the nova flame is attached 
So there's a period in between those. So he always has energy shield deflection unless outwitted, but he only has toughness when the Nova Flame is on his thing. Um, how do you get the Nova Flame back, you ask, if you lose it? Well, he's got Nova Blast as an attack power, and that is Pulse Wave. When Human Torch uses it, he deals three damage if one or more characters are targeted. After resolutions, attach the Nova Flame. So not only is it making his Pulse Wave way better, it also reattaches the Nova Flame, which just makes him a lot better in general. But uh, that's an attack power, so it doesn't matter if the Nova Flame is already on him or not when you use that. The only difference is if it's not on him, you attach it afterwards. And then according to the card that we've been shown, he has a special damage power called Marvel's First Family, which is a unique modifier. When Human Torch heals from the Fantastic Four team ability, after resolutions, remove an action token and modify Human Torch's combat values plus one until the end of your next turn. The only weird thing about that is that if you go to the back of his card, you will notice he has no printed damage power. Not even a special one. Nowhere on his dial. So uh, I don't know if they're making like a weird... Voltron out of these misprinted uh, powers, like special mm -hmm. powers they've been putting on them. But uh, according to Clicks Nexus, this is just a trait, so that's where they put it on their site. Um, that's how I will read it if WizKids doesn't come out and say, like, no, 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 we're making a Voltron where you can add these weird misprinted powers into one something or other thing. Um, his dial is so keep in mind that with the nova flame he has a plus one attack and damage and then he's also got uh energy shield traded so his dial starts off with running shot seven range one lightning bolt for 120 points he's got a 10 attack energy explosion and 17 toughness uh with four damage so pretty solid on click two is when the first click that he gets that special attack power which is his Pulse Wave that deals 3 damage to multiple characters. He also has a printed 3 damage, so he'll also deal 3 damage with if it's a single target. Um, he loses that special attack power on click 3 and gains a special defense power, which is not listed anywhere on his uh, card. So, also fun, I guess. <laughs> uh, not sure what the if it's just swapped with... Uh, somebody who had a misprinted de defense power on their card. Um, according to Clicks Nexus, that is the Fiery Aura, which is the Energy Shield Deflection Toughness. It was listed as a trait. Not sure how WizKids is going to rule it. Uh, it'd be better if it was traded, but it'd be cool if we had consistent dials and cards. So, um, on click four, he gets the Pulse Wave power again. Then he loses it and gets Pensai again. And then on click six, he gets the Pulse Wave power for the last time. And then on click seven, he's rocking uh, nine Psychic Blast. And he loses all movement powers after click three. Otherwise, he has running shot up to there. I really like this guy, other than the fact that once Wonder Woman drops, there will be... Uh, well, you'll have to build a team specifically to push him to click two. I don't even know if that's going to be possible in modern since um, there's just not going to be a way to damage friendlies as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, on click two, if you can find a way to get him there, that three damage pulse wave is pretty sweet. And with seven range, that means he'll be pulse waving a square of four. And that's, I don't know, just a really solid figure. I still have mine. Um, I think it's just a really cool sculpt. So that's why I kept it. 
the fact that I could potentially play it in modern for 120 points, I probably won't, but, you know, who knows? I might try it out. Uh, yeah, man. I've... So, oddly enough, I own the whole Captain America set from 2011. I don't think I've ever played this Human Torch or the Invisible Girl, and this will probably be um, the first time I do play them, if I borrow. I, I would not... I might buy the Legacy cards just because, you know, I'm a Captain America set completionist, but technically those cards are for Future Foundation, so I'm figuring out where I where I land uh, here exactly. And it probably depends what the price point is, but... Uh, fun fact, uh, I looked it up on HC Realms, and I wanted to go double-check, so I grabbed my Captain America set box. But his special defense power name was changed from uh, Fiery Corona to Fiery Aura. Uh, I just think that's really funny. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> that's that. hilarious. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, man, that's so weird that the defense power is misprinted. That's not a trait. It's a defense power. Last I remembered it, I'm like, oh, sure enough, it was. And then I'm like, oh. So that's what it used to be called. Okay. So now it makes me wonder um, if maybe that's the only sense where they changed a name of a special power or trait or maybe even just a normal name power. Or if it's just like, nah, we just did it for him because, uh, you know, reasons. Yeah. I can't but, imagine why you would yeah. want to distance yourself from no idea. a delicious Mexican no idea. beverage. Exactly. The Kingdom Entangled. Yeah. You know who would who would want to who would want to do that? Anyways, uh, legacy card I want to talk about is She Hulk. I loved this She Hulk. She's awesome. Um, I'm unfamiliar with her in this costume. Um, I was unfamiliar five years ago, and I still am today. Uh, six years ago now, I guess. Um, and I still don't care. She's still such a good She Hulk, and every, everybody liked her. Um, so. She has a few different new things that they changed. One is they gave her the new uh, I'm not prime worthy. I'll show you prime worthy trait. Uh, She-Hulk and adjacent friendly characters modify attack plus one when attacking prime characters. She-Hulk and adjacent friendly characters take a maximum of one damage from prime characters. I really like that a lot. Um, I think she has a lot more playability on her 75 point line like she always has. 130 for the two extra clicks. Um, another 55 points uh, was ridiculous. So, uh, but yeah, I, I really like her a lot. She has charged flurry. She ignores uh, blocking terrain for movement on her specifically charged flurry. She, they didn't change the name of that. It's still relaxed. It's just a hero hooks game. She has on her card a special attack power, but on her old card, um, it's trait, and she obviously has no special attack power on dial. So, I imagine it is still just. A trait that's how i will be ruling it and using it anyways which is her file for a change of venue which i really enjoyed uh if she hulk isn't part of a theme team the first time this game that you wouldn't win roll for first player you may roll again and add one to the result this makes her way way stronger after the rules especially with the fact that a theme team can only be plus three more than you and now they get a modify plus one now i don't know if it's like oh well now that you get a modify plus one I get a modify plus four, technically, because you have plus one. I get to be three more than you. I have no idea, honestly, how it's going to end up working. But it's where it is. And then they changed her perplex power, which is cool. So it just gives her willpower and perplex. Before, she only had perplex if she was adjacent to somebody else that could also use it. So now she just straight up has willpower perplex, which also gets better after the rules change. So I'm going to be really excited to play her. Um, 
normally it's just like, oh, cool. So she only gets willpower on like two, three clicks, whatever. But now she has it her old dial. You know, there's no pushing damage. And then she also has willpower on top of that, which is great. And she has a fun dial. She's charged Flurry with super strength 10 for three on her 75 point line. Uh, she's a 10 for four on her 125 point line. So, okay, it's 50 points. I thought she was 130. Oh, no. Her old figure is 130. This new one, of course, is 125. So they do give her a little five points off on top dial. Uh, still not worth the extra 50 points for those two clicks, in my opinion, for no substantial attack boost. But, yeah, um, an Invincible is still a 17 as opposed to a Pervious, which is also a 17. So, yeah, I really, I really like this She-Hulk. I can't wait to start playing her again. Uh, she used to be my go-to, like, Colin, I used to call her in a bunch of times at 75 points. I used to use her with the Deadpool from Deadpool and the X-Force uh, that could help out uh, Heroes Fire characters. So I'd call her in, switch to that Deadpool. He could like perplex her up and stuff. It was cool. Yeah, I like this Shield a lot. I'm glad she got a legacy card. Yeah, I just uh, would really enjoy the matchup if for some reason I played this She-Hulk and went up against Punisher War Machine and was like, haha, he can only do one damage to any of my characters that are She-Hulk or next to her. Um, sadly, that would probably never happen, and if it did, I would just lose to the rest of the team because that's how that works, but um, still really fun flavors. A lot of uh, yeah, fourth absolutely. wall kind of breaking stuff, which, I mean, she already was. Well, that's... Yeah. yeah. That to me is what She-Hulk has like always been about. You know, that's like her first like standalone run um, is so great and iconic that I love that run. It has really good uh, issues for sure. Um, the cover is great on her first issue with the normal Jen Walters and the She-Hulk behind her is really cool. Very reminiscent sort of obviously of like the first issue of bruce banner but it's like perfect in her own way so i really i mean i really liked she hulk in her standalone run i enjoyed her in certain runs um so yeah i'm, I'm glad we're getting more of her i definitely prefer her more uh out of the box fourth wall breaky stuff and when she's just sort of like a normal character she's not as fun i like it when she's more quirky uh talking to people doing stuff like that when she's just sort of like i'm lawyer lady and you're like oh well that's not as fun but okay so yeah Nah, she looks great. All right, guys. Sadly, we tried to put it off um, as much as we could, but it seems now we have to talk about the rules articles from this past week. Simeon, um, well, I guess I might as well uh, just talk about it. So I'll talk about themed teams, uh, this rules article. I was going to make you go first since I did she but you know what? Let's just let's sort of keep it in the same order. So obviously, all these rules articles are going to be uh, taking place in effect once Wonder Woman comes out, not before, not after, as soon as Wonder Woman comes out, that's when they're in effect. If you want to see us play with these new rules and you want to see bad figures that are made way better by these rules, uh, go to uh, Dial H for Here Clicks at YouTube. And I know I push the YouTube a lot, but check it out on YouTube. We do our Thursday Throwdown series. The last episode was Halo versus the first Lord of the Rings set. Uh, from now on at Thursday Throwdown, we're going to be doing all of the new rules. So if you want to see gameplay with how the new rules work, Check it out. And even though, yes, it's Lord of the Rings figures, Halo figures, whatever, they still have a lot of the powers theme teams. I mean, even in this first episode, we both had theme teams. Uh, we both had uh, characters that used powers. Perplex messed you up through it because you couldn't perplex damage, right? Yeah. 
And so like that's so another thing was with like you guys getting didn't matter a few times. Um, oh, will willpower was huge. Um, we both had a role for willpower a few times, and then we didn't have ignoring the pushing rule, was big. But the yeah, the no pushing was was really big. We did not have the knockback rule as of that episode film. That is true. Yeah. Um, but the theme team rule was in effect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, guys, it's really again, weird. We, uh, we say at the beginning, not actioning with the theme teams. Yes. Super weird. It but. is. It's so strange. No, but yeah, we're gonna get into that right now. But yeah, once again, and then since uh, building a like a proper team is going to be huge with these new rules, like bigger than it ever was, because now some figures just don't work the way they used to, and they're not as really they're not as good and as usable as they used to be. A figure with perplex now it's really big when we build teams, uh, having good figures to fill the roles. So if you want to vote for figures on our teams, Facebook. Twitter, there's a post somewhere on there if you're in our Discord because you support us on Patreon or in the Prince Tournament. Uh, there's a channel for that on our Discord or just go to the comment section of that YouTube video, the latest one, Halo vs. Lord of the Rings. Watch it and then go check out the Assassin's Creed sets or what I'm building out of and then Simeon is building out of the Gears of War set. So it's a gamer's paradise right now for what we're playing and make sure you vote for what figures are on our team. All right. Number four themed teams they go into all sorts of jazz let's just sort of get into it right away initiative bonus um they say before the changes initiative bonus between generic and named theme teams was the same the change here is actually what we're placing a cap on initiative bonuses players can play big teams with low point characters with the goal of controlling the map we wanted to find the balance between players wanting to play teams larger than their opponents and players having almost no chance to control the map if they have a smaller team so to me, this wasn't something that needed to be fixed. This could have been one of their other fixes where it's like, we just make um, maps that hurt the player that goes first or whatever, right? We make a map that doesn't totally screw over the second player. We make more diverse, not, um, what do you call it? Symmetrical maps. That would have been a fine fix, but instead this is what they sort of try to do here. And then this is the rule. So the maximum bonus a player may get to their role from initiative bonus is plus three more than their opponent. So if I've got a plus 16 Sentinel theme team and Simeon has a plus four X-Men theme team, well, I only get a roll plus three, basically, because I go way above it. I'd be a plus 12 compared to his plus four, right? If we just minus his plus four for my plus 16, I'd be a 12 higher than him, which means he has just no chance of winning the roll at all. Uh, instead, it would just be like he has no pluses and I get robbed of 13 of the characters on my board. And instead I'm plus three. It is obviously still somewhat of a bonus. You're playing more figures than they are. It but does, yeah. you were, there's it does no more outright chance. winning map. It's, yeah. yeah, it still increases it does, your it chance. It still increases your chance. And not um, by a lot, no. I will say. So I don't think it's going to be, I think we might see an end to the days where people add a bunch of 10 point characters to get that, like, you know, plus 10 or plus, you know, 11 or 12 or whatever, those really high numbers. Um, now, if you have a plus 11 and your opponent has, like, a plus 8 or plus 9, you still do get that difference, so it does matter a little bit. Um, it's just not going to matter as much as, like, when you go against a... You're not going to guarantee a, like, map win against a non-theme team. So even if you have a plus 11 you'll still get the same bonus you would have against like a plus eight or plus nine or whatever the math is. Um, but you won't get the 
the same bonus against that you would have. You won't have the automatic map win against like a non-theme team. Is pretty much. Uh, I'm not gonna say that's like the only difference because there are like plenty of uh, plus sixes and sevens in there. But yeah, I think we'll stop seeing as much like filler characters that their only role was to increase your like map role. Right. Now, every figure, even if it's going to be low points, um, unless it's just thrown in there for funsies, it's going to have a role to fill. There's not going to be any more. Uh, I'm just going to fill it up with Friends of Humanity to get my Sentinel theme up, you know. And yeah, I mean, you still might want to do that for Sentinel, but like still just using it as a loose example. That's just not going to happen anymore. Instead, it's probably going to be more mid-level theme teams, probably going to be on the high end eight or so and just having a good solid five or so whatever figures. I just feel like we're not going to see people who are playing a million Dr. Fates or a bunch of Wendigos or whatever. Just be just a bloat theme, you know? Yeah. Uh, All right. And you'll have to be next up. They're making (laughs) you'll have to be like versatile. You'll have to be like can't really build a strictly like heavy range kind of team because you don't have that guaranteed map anymore. So there's a good chance that like if you build like that Doctor Fate Batman uh, like a laser yeah. beam team and somebody just has like a non-theme team, you only have that plus three roll, and so you have a much greater chance of getting stuck on like an indoor map and just not being able to see anybody kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, the next big theme team change they're making is that theme team probability control. So characters using TTPC must have the chosen keyword. That's always been the same. It always what it is. Um, these are just like the past rules they're going into here. And it's sort of rough because it's sort of muddled into this whole thing. So you used to have to, you can't target yourself. And then the character using it, you get can only have one or zero action tokens because then you immediately place an action token on them. So it's a free action that gives you an action token. It's not a power action. It's whatever. It's just kind of its own little thing. And they're like, ah, this is weird. So now the number associated with the initiative bonus, which is plus three, is going to be how many theme probs you get. It used to be five. Um, I believe it was something for every like 100 points or something weird like that. But I think still the max is just like five. Um, so now you get three the new max is three um but they made it easier to theme prop which kind of sucks i mean it gets a buff and a nerf at the same time which is good that's good balancing but then you're like man if it was only three i wouldn't have felt so bad about giving myself a token for it um and if it were five i would use it more if i didn't get a token yeah no it's whatever maybe i'm thinking wrong who knows but yeah so you get three theme probs and then the overall number of TT is reduced, blah, 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 blah. They, they have a terrible way of this article is so bad. Um, thoughts is you regular props. So goodness gracious, why are their bullet points just so terrible for yeah, this article? Why does it not just their previous what it does? rules and then not what the new rules became? So um, basically from, from the way I remember it is you, you can now do a free action. You do not get a token. You can prob yourself and there's only three. That is how theme prob is changing. Yeah. You get three theme props, don't get an action token for doing it, and you just do it for free. So you'll still need to keep track of when you do it, uh, but you still have, it's more of almost a mental note for when someone does it now. It's very strange, but yeah. Also, so yeah, that you don't really even have free. to keep track of like, n- like necessarily who it was that probed as long as like, let's say I'm probing a friendly attack role. That person themselves could be probing it 
like one of my friendly characters three squares back could be probbing it. It really doesn't matter like where the prob's coming from at that point because the person making the attack can prob themselves now and you're not assigning an action token anymore, which is, you know, one of the bigger changes. So, I mean, your your line of fire really only matters for opposing characters. And most of the time, unless they're just outranging you, you'll have line of fire by the character that's getting attacked. So, yeah, it's... I guess it's... I'm not going to say it's not necessary, because you should always know who is using a power. Um, but, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's almost not necessary to keep track of uh, who's doing it now. All right, and then they sort of have some quick bullet points here. They're changing how theme teams work. So there used to be a difference between generic keywords and named keywords. Um, and maybe, sure, technically there is, but not anymore. So after revealing your force, if all characters on your starting force share at least one keyword, you can pick that keyword as your theme team. If all of the characters on your starting force share more than one keyword, pick only one. Keywords are listed below a character's name on their card, separated by commas. It is not mentioned generic keyword, it is not mentioned named keyword. And based on the erratas below, we can safely assume that there is no such thing as a named theme team or a generic theme team. There are just theme teams, period. Uh, huge, huge boost to uh, generic keywords. It's a crazy big boost. Now they are just as good as named keywords. So in my mind, I don't think the Justice League should work just as well as a bunch of random spies. And still, technically, they don't depending on how well WizKids designs the figures. Some Justice League members just don't work well at all together, no matter what. If you just slap a bunch of Justice League figures together, they won't work well. Now, some of them will have figures based off of, you know, team-up cards, whatever, um, or even special powers that only work on characters, like the Justice League keyword, Avengers keyword, etc. So, although it was tough for me to, like, get it in my head, a generic team still doesn't work as well as an Avengers team does. Those characters still have at least more synergy built into their dials and their special powers. Although this does take away a lot from uh, those named theme teams. And now uh, I'm kind of just feeling like running double, uh, double Jason Wingard, Dr. Fantastic ruler again. Now I got theme props. I want to <laughs> see how this bad boy works. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, huge bonus for generic themes. And then, of course, probability control is now just it's a standard power. It works like how it does then. You get three figures on your team that can use or not three figures. You get three uses of prob and it's just like how normal prob works. So obviously, if they already have prob on their dial, they can't use this because you're just going to use that. You know, same thing how it worked before. You cannot be given an action to use this prob and then also normal prob. So there's there's no weird rules interaction there at all. So you're safe there. So. Now, since they changed how uh, named theme teams work, now we got errata some figures, Simeon, and there are a lot uh, yeah. of erratas. They are actually having to errata a figure who hasn't even been released yet from Fantastic Four Future Foundation. So they had to errata Yuna Belova. Her old text was, uh, if she's on a theme team, your maximum number of theme props. This game is 10 instead of 5, and now it is 6 instead of 3. So it still doubles it just under the new rules. And honestly, 10 was a little wacky, but she never got played anyway, so it's fine. Next up is Captain Venom from EarthX. Now, he got played all the time. Why does Monster need to be a named theme team anymore? It doesn't. 
it doesn't, sadly. Um, so instead, during game setup when establishing themed teams, you may treat the monster keyword as a named keyword. That's what it used to be. And now, if Captain Venom is on a monster theme team, your maximum number of theme team probability control uses this game is six instead of three. So that's cool. He still helps out. He is not as crucial to a monster theme team anymore. Now, once you start playing and realizing, dang, three is a pretty low number of theme probs, then you're going to be like, yeah, I do miss having five. And this gives me one more than five. You know, it's just we're not wired to think this way yet. So we're like, oh, it only gives you six. Technically, it only gives you one more theme prob. But really, he's giving you three more. It's hard to see. It's hard to see the bonus when you haven't played with the negative and all the new rules yet. So it's tough to understand some of that stuff. Yeah. And then also, the high evolutionary. Being able to retaliate and not have a friendly within range to prob, but just prob like theme probbing it yourself and having access to six Ooh, of those. That's also big. Pretty, yeah. Like it's just for free. And so, yeah, like uh, I don't know if this will encourage uh, kind of like, you know, stretching out like past what's like the safety net of like your own team, like, you know, sending a figure out to like do their own thing. I don't know if this will encourage that. But it's definitely, like, it definitely helps. Like, you know, I'm much more likely to send one, like, overextend with one character if I know they'll have access to a theme team prob without having to take an action and all that. Um, Yeah. That is big. Whether it's for the better or not, I don't know. But it's definitely, like, it is what it is now. It is what it is. And then this new high evolutionary prime was going to be able to make animals a name theme team. Instead, he does the same thing Captain Venom does. Uh, if it's an animal theme team, you get six probs instead of three. So it's cool. Now, people are saying potentially, whoa, what about all the spider chases? Well, they just give you Spider-Man family. They never made it a named theme team. They just let you be able to keyword cheat. And as far as I'm concerned, they still do their job just fine. They do it very well. Um, and now, as as sad as it is, uh, this is what makes me want to sell a 1776 more than anything um, is that I don't need him to have a named soldier theme team anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I obviously still like him as like being the general, you know, being George Washington. That's still really cool. So I was probably going to keep him anyways. But I honestly would have sold him right after that tournament if I would have known this change. Not the last change. I That was cringe. Uh, being able being that meta. I didn't even like owning him. Honestly, when he was that meta made me feel like a bad person, like a bad man. Hated playing him, to be honest with you. Um, but he made Soldier a name theme team, which is just too ballin'. Now that he doesn't do that anymore, this is what makes me want to get rid of him more so than the uh, old watch list change. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad. Personally, I like generic keywords more than named keywords. That's why we started doing generic gallery. And I'm glad to see they get a buff again. Because they used to be able to have theme props. Some people don't believe me when I say this. It was. It was in the rules. They just got a certain number less theme props than named keyword theme teams did. And then somewhere in, I don't know, 2012, 2013, they totally got rid of theme props for, or maybe it was like 2015, who knows. They totally got rid of theme props for generic theme teams. And I still, I was so upset about that. And now it's back. So I am happy that it's back the way it was. This does actually streamline the game. There's no more generic. There's no more named. It's just their keywords. They share it. They're on a theme team. This is probably the first change they did where it's just like, yes, this purely does streamline it. You know, does it feel great as an older player? No, not really. But it, without a doubt, does streamline the game. So I totally get it. Um, now, they made a lot of erratas. They did not errata Spy Master, who makes Spy a named keyword. Uh, I guess screw Spy Master, huh? He's not... <laughs> He's not rare enough to be to I be imagine, getting an errata. Yeah. He does anybody get, like, that 
does plus a one. similar right. effect will just right. get you know at least house rule the plus uh six. yeah we'll see uh i would you know no respect and he's modern spy master's modern no respect to my man spy master all this disrespect they'd be thrown around but all right that's theme teams talked way too long about theme teams yeah i do um, want to make what it is this three is not, quick points. not my most hated change yes make your points no. so this might actually be my most hated change and not for like the reason Ooh. that you'll expect click the article to learn more um so I've got I've got three quick points that I want to make. Uh, number one is for the Spider-Man family stuff. If you're like mad about it, just look at it as uh, Spider-Man gives access to those keywords, Marvella and Mary Jane, and that's enough reason to still play those chases. If you're doing a robot team and you want 30 points of barrier that after the rules change won't have to push to use barrier every other turn or every turn. Um, that's still a really good get for any generic keyword. That's it's uh, the cheapest barrier, and now the cheapest barrier that doesn't push when using it um, ever. And it's just still a, a really busted figure for 15 points. So yeah, that's point number one: um, access to Spider-Man family keywords, and also just other generic keywords under one name. Uh, point number two is. Uh, I don't know if Calder got to this, but um, there is no minimum for a uh, theme team now. So a single character can be a theme oh, team and right. gets access to that. yeah, they get access to one theme prob. Uh, so if you're running a like 300 point onslaught or uh, Dark Phoenix or you know whatever, if you're running a one man army by themselves they get whatever generic or named keyword you choose because it doesn't matter anymore and they are their own theme team unless it somehow is a one-man army with no keywords and then i guess they just don't get that bonus but yeah you get one theme team prob you don't have to use an action for it so it's pretty good and you do get a plus one to initiative which is strange but interesting uh and then point three is not giving out actions kind of ruins the meta potential for all WWE characters, in my opinion. Um, when I won states, the the popper states with my WWE theme team, a huge part of that team was being able to, on my turn, control the flow of my own figures. So if you don't follow the WWE figures, the only thing you really need to know is they all have a signature trait that allows them to do their signature move and in order to do that, they have to have one action token already, and then it takes them a costed action. So with the 2017 change to Theme Team Prob Control, you could give them an action token and still take a power action. So you give them an action token with a Theme Team Prob, and then still give them a power action that same turn. So I could charge up with Macho Man Randy Savage. Doesn't matter if he hits or not, because I want Shawn Michaels to Theme Prob it either way. And then Shawn Michaels theme probs it. All of a sudden, I can hit my sweet chin music on that same turn because now he has one action token. Um, it's not like the world ending or anything. I'll still really enjoy playing WWE theme teams. I just don't see them working as well as they did now that it's free. I know free sounds like it would be better, but in like this one very specific scenario, it actually makes WWE way worse. Uh, because yeah, I, I can't on my own turn control like my the flow of my own figures. Um, 
And I, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's that much worse. I'm just going to say I don't like that one particular aspect. Yeah, that does suck. And you, you were the one who brought it up when we talked before about WWE taking a huge hit for this. It 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 does screw with like the flow, especially with how you used it. I know. Um but a lot of people weren't really aware of doing that either. So um it's just like sort of another thing. It's it's this weird nerf that a lot of things are getting that like no one and I guarantee Whiskits didn't think about it either when they did this. Or maybe they didn't, they don't care. I don't know. Uh one of the two. But it's just, again, one of those things where it's like, oh, you make close combat expert better. Now all those figures that have sidestep RCE, sidestep CCE, technically worse. And now all those figures that were bad for having charged CCE or running shot RCE are now way better. Yeah. It's just this weird um, weird effect that they probably really didn't plan in doing. So, yeah, it's just another one of those things that sort of goes under the radar. And you're like, ah, oh, it just doesn't work the way it used to now. It sucks. And, I mean, to be fair... I doubt WizKids ever designed the WWE figures with that in mind. They probably wanted, you know, Macho Man to make oh, an attack and then hit his signature the next turn, you know, like like in a WWE match. They didn't, you know, nobody other than Goldberg, nobody really like sprints into the ring, stands there for a second and then hits their finisher. <laughs> ready. Yeah. yeah. Other than, you know, the jobbers that are just like terrible in ring um sorry to any goldberg fans but after wcw he was bad uh so i'm gonna I don't go know if there are any goldberg fans to be honest with you <laughs> simian um, i'm sure there's at least one that was like the streak oh, is dude. still real uh, oh yeah or something i don't know kevin nash cheated uh big daddy diesel um so i'm gonna go into rules five from a distance so uh, let's. I'm gonna read their intro. HeroClix masterminds. It's no secret, HeroClix play to HeroClix players that there are huge advantages to acting from a distance instead of up close. This isn't just talking about ranged combat. It also means utilizing hypersonic speed, maybe even with barrier to keep your opponents away after, or even utilizing buffs like Perplex and Krakoan Revival while out of range of opposing threats. You mean that? That uh, new game mechanic that you just <laughs> released last set, Krakoan Revival. Um, so some of their goals in this set of rule updates is uh, characters with multiple bolts will be able to multi-target even when making close attacks. Which is fair enough because enough newer players have like brought this question up. Um, I always said like that is your range value, so... Anything that is involved with that value is for range only. And that was simple enough that most people got it. Like, oh, I have three lightning bolts, but, you know, just because a guy can shoot three guns, you know, like one with his toes and then one in each hand or whatever, just because they can do that doesn't necessarily mean they could punch three people. Um, but now... Uh, that's going to change, I guess. Uh, hindering terrain will no longer impact movement, but will continue to impact targeting. Thank God that we had obscuring terrain that is no longer needed, um, other than thematic maps, I suppose. Knockback will do less damage and default to moving character three squares. So those are their three big bullet points. We'll get into them here. Bolts and targeting. 
ever since the introduction of characters who had multiple bolts on their dial, therefore multiple targets, it was reserved for range attackers. While we don't have a perfect insight into the minds of the designers at the time, something we uncovered in our research was that many players believed the fact close combat attackers could still attack while in base combat with opposing characters meant they had a way to shut off the extra targeting capabilities of ranged attackers. Additional bolts only work with ranged attacks is a part of what divides the haves and have-nots of Heroclix figures. From a thematic perspective, it's easy to picture Batman knocking over multiple goons with a single leg sweep. It's easy to picture Wonder Woman punching in one direction while kicking in another. The game balance makes sense. Uh, the theme makes sense from players we spoke to while considering the changes. Most were happy to see this and felt it was overdue. I don't know if anyone I know personally really cared about like a th triple target being able to attack three people. Um, makes it a little bit more complicated when it comes to splitting damage for a close attack. I think Quake was already like a good enough kind of thing or close enough kind of like a idea as far as multiple close attacks. Um, but I'm fine with this change. Like I thought it was fine as is. I don't think this really changes anything different. It will be interesting if they start printing hulks with like triple targets, but zero range, that'll be kind of cool and interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And it, it does make sense, especially if you're like triple targeting for a close attack and somebody hits super senses, then you like, and you hit multiple targets, you can choose like to do the damage uh, to someone that didn't hit super senses. So it's also a little bit better in that aspect, whereas yeah. range attackers could always do that. And now close attackers can as well. Um, they say we realize in the short term, Many characters with multiple bolts will primarily be ranged attackers. They won't be optimized to use multiple bolts at close like a character with flurry and close combat expert might be. So while the rules are implementing this change now, it might take some time for the impact for the impact to hit high level tournaments. Which yeah, that makes sense. There's not going to be any, you know, uh, the ray from Elseworlds isn't going to become this like crazy awesome close attacker. Because suddenly, you know, he can quadruple target, like, four people that are close to him. That's not, like, what this change is going to be. It's just going to no. kind of streamline uh, what multiple bolts do. Like, if you see two bolts, that means you can target two people close or range. And then if your range is, you know, above zero, you can target, or I guess technically above two, because one would be adjacency. Um, but, yeah. I think it it's fine. It makes sense. It's not that big of a deal in any kind of way. I don't see. Um, I think it only makes close attackers better and doesn't do anything different to range attackers, so that one's fine. Uh, hindering yeah. terrain. While it might not feel like hindering terrain disproportionately helps ranged characters right now, it benefits them relative to close attackers in at least two ways. It can be damaging to get near... Uh, to get near a ranged attacker in hindering terrain uh, by damaging they don't mean actually like physically damaging your character they mean uh, if you have to stop in hindering then it kind of just like puts you out in the middle of nowhere and they also say it can be challenging to get near a character characters backup probability control outwit perplex etc that hide in hindering terrain which is makes me want to scream then why do you design characters like that 
Like, if it's hard to get to a character, then why do you make Doctor? Uh, why do you make Mister Oz with a like twelve range sees through everything prob? Why do you do that if you're <laughs> right? <don't> <laughs> Uh, but to continue, uh, so it's weird because like a lot of the characters they give high range, it's like you know they give them stealth or something too. So it's like yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be shooting at you. Well, you got to get close to yeah, shut them down. You design figures like that. That's how you as a people make figures. Yeah, thematically, like if I am like you know high range in my opinion, usually it's either like a big beefy dude or it's a sniper. Well, the big beefy dude's not going to have uh, stealth, usually. It's going to be, like, the sniper type that has stealth. So, someone like Deadshot made sense for him to not only probably outrange your range people, but also be, like, hiding while he shot at people. So, that always made sense to me. Um, but, yeah. They don't change stealth, so that's good, at least, for now. Uh, removing the... So removing the movement penalty of hindering terrain, but keeping the hindrance on targeting has a few benefits. Uh, stealth continues to be meaningful, so if someone tries to range combat expert or uh, running shot or just target you from range, stealth still works, uh, but characters won't need a way around hindering terrain, like improved movement hindering or flight to be great move and attack pieces or stealth pieces. So for your stealth pieces that need to get out of hindering or like reposition, they will no longer take the um, half speed that they used to if they didn't have improved movement. And for characters that need to attack somebody in stealth, they no longer have to stop in hindering when they enter it. Um, almost makes the espionage trait uh, like half of it's useless now. Um targeting through hindering and stealth is still good i suppose so uh, yeah a third of it is useless now uh and then future figure design can have more interesting gameplay relating to hindering terrain without being oppressive not sure what they mean by that but uh you know it is what it is uh so hindering still adds a plus one to defense for ranged attacks it just no longer stops you from movement and that's basically it. Um, so it it's essentially, in my opinion, the exact same as obscuring terrain. I don't think I miss anything when I say that. I'm pretty sure that's exactly yeah. what it, obscuring terrain already did. So they'll probably phase out obscuring and just have hindering become that. I don't know. Um, and then finally, knockback. So they say knockback is fun and flavorful, but also has a lot of variability. How far will a character get knocked back? How much damage will they take? I will agree. Uh, these are like really, I'm not going to say like really hard concepts to grasp, but it's definitely not new player conducive or friendly to calculate knockback damage, determine when like knockback damage helps. Like the whole sequence was difficult for a newbie, like new player to wrap their head around. It's like, so you check for charge or combat reflexes, and then you take your like knockback. And then you check your reducer after you took the damage. So it's like you check for combat reflexes and charge before the damage, and then blah, blah, blah. None of that matters now. So um, the new knockback sequence. Characters are sometimes knocked back by an especially hard-hitting attack. When a character is knocked back, the attacking player places them up to three squares away from the character that hit them. It doesn't say anything about charge or combat reflexes. I'm assuming those are going to stay what they are until I see something different in the pack. Uh, 
But yeah, uh, as of now, knockback is the attacking player placing the character three squares away, regardless of how much damage was dealt. If something would block a knocked back character, they aren't knocked back any further. Knock back a character when your character has the knockback key phrase as part of a power, or you roll uh, 2d6 uh, doubles on your 2d6 attack roll. Um, then they go into the comprehensive rulebook. We'll go into further explanation of the nuance of away. Um, usually it's a direct away, so it's either a direct diagonal or a horizontal or vertical line on the map. And then they uh, get rid of the knockback damage. As far as we know right now, there is no wording in any of this that says anything about knockback damage. So if you pulse wave somebody off of a roof, they just land on the ground and they're essentially fine. They're fine. You'll still okay. be able to... I mean, the one interesting thing is a one damage pulse wave will knock people three squares back minimum now. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So this bothers me uh, for lots of reasons. Um, if I punch you so hard, you hit the wall, that's going to hurt. If I shove you off of a, a two-story building, that's going to hurt more than the shove itself. So getting rid of knockback damage is idiotic. I got uh, kicked in the head by a cow four years ago now, and the cow didn't break my face. Falling onto the freaking concrete platform we had at my corral is what broke my face that's what broke my nose and my cheekbone the story so, bro, makes a lot of things make sense now thank you uh thank you <laughs> yes i've had multiple concussions in my life i hope that is abundantly clear by my speech pattern and just everything uh but anyways yeah dude like knockback damage to me because i've been hurt in, in in real life by knockback damage i wanted to stay in this game i like knockback damage this sucks uh, for tons of characters, uh, Peace Machine, the Frog Dude, like a lot of people's gimmicks where it's like the only way I can damage you is with knockback damage. And now that's just not a thing anymore. The uh, Danger Room Magneto. So yeah, it sucked. With his knockback. Danger yeah, Magneto. Was, I mean, not right, his whole was, gimmick, but that was a very good part of his gimmick. Secretly, Simeon's crying because his little uh, his little witch queen what's her face witch queen doesn't work. Yeah, I can't I can't slingshot somebody into a wall, deal them two after my pulse wave, or off a ledge, deal them two with my pulse yeah. wave, and then free attack them as well. I can still free yeah, attack. I'm them, li but... I am mad about no knockback. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And I I'm a huge. This is probably the one that gets me the most upset because. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't streamline the game at all. Maybe saying, look, you always take two damage from knockback. That's fine. Knockback damage. You run into a wall, run into a ledge, whatever. But man, like as a new player, I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Why? I just dropped, kicked you off a building. Why? Why are you fine? It's like, I don't know. I'm fine, bro. So yeah, I, I think this is the first change that is absolutely without a doubt idiotic. Uh, I also, in my opinion. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Out of the three things in this article, I also think knockback was the other than the order of operations of how knockback happened, which if they had streamlined that, sure. Uh, but other than that, I don't think knockback was hard to deal with. Like it was like, all right, how much did you hit the character for? Like, well, I dealt him four. All right. Well, he had invulnerability, so he took two. So you're going to knock him back those two squares. Oh, there's like a ledge that he fell off of. 
does he still have a reducer? Because if not, he has dealt another two damage. Like, you know, uh, and that's, that's my point when people say stuff like, well, Superman can get knocked back from a hit and like hit a wall, but like not really take damage from hitting the wall. It's like, well, yeah, but the Superman figure, like the clicks figure would likely have a reducer on it. Superman in the comics, right. like always has a reducer on him. Like almost always. Uh, but that's not the same for somebody like Nightwing, who, if he gets slammed into a wall by somebody like that's force blasting him, you know, let, let's stay, say Storm, for instance, has force blast and creates a wind-like cyclone that blows Nightwing five squares back into a wall, and he just doesn't take damage from that. He's just like, whoa, that was really windy. I am now five squares away. Man, except, yeah. except it's only three so that's the other weird thing that uh, this essentially means that uh, force blast is also going to see a change because um, I imagine is, so. Yeah, you used to roll to see how far it knocked him back. Maybe force blast will see something like uh, it can get around charge and combat reflexes, similar to somehow some of the WWE powers get around charge and combat reflexes for knockback. Um, but yeah, I just. Force Blast is definitely... It was already kind of a useless power. It was interesting when it uh, stacked with other powers, but on its own, on its dial, I never wanted to see just Force Blast in my speed power. Taking an action to move somebody without usually damaging them was bad enough. Now, if it's... Not only do I not get to move them, they won't take any knockback damage, and it's at most three squares away meaning a sidestep will get them like right back next to me. I'm never going to give a power action to mm -hmm. do that ever like with these new rules. Uh Yeah, that sucks. I don't think it was on the benched powers list either, so I imagine we're going to see a change for force blast. It's weird there isn't a change for force blast in this article. Um but yeah, that is very odd. I yeah. Hmm. I'm going to say, you know, out of the two um out of the two articles that we just covered, I'm going to say that, like, the knockback uh, is probably, like, the the bigger change out of just these two articles. Um, I hate the theme team problem more because that, like, screws with my WWE teams, and I really liked that aspect of them. But that's just a personal thing. Mm -hmm. I will say there's probably going to be more characters that are hurt by not being able to deal any kind of knockback damage. Um, I know I've had several teams that worked really good with being able to pulse wave and knockback and stuff like that. Pulse waving somebody off of a ledge, pulse waving like into a wall, or just, you know, hitting a character and knocking him out of stealth or into a wall or whatever was really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess... At least, you know, Billy Batson can knock Superman back three squares no matter what. Or uh, Aunt May or uh, Mary Jane can knock back Bat or Batman or, like, Superman three squares if they roll doubles and they don't even deal damage. They just, you know, they're that strong now. So, there's that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. Later in the article, WizKids goes on to show three bad figures that are still bad. Um, actually, no, Starfire is still pretty good. 
Starfire uh, anyways, is really good. The, yeah, Starfire is actually good. Um, the question is fine, whatever. Uh, but I think it's funny. It seems they have a... Now, this is going to make some DC fans mad. A DC bias. They only mention like Justice League as a keyword, Legion of Doom as a keyword in these articles. They've only shown DC figures in these articles. Now, that could be because they're all technically Wonder Woman articles. Definitely. Possibility. Um, but this is affecting Marvel too. Just saying, as a Marvel fanboy, I, I think people at WizKids may just be, uh, be DC fangirls. <laughs> and just be mad that they only get to make one DC set a year, and they want to try to shove as much DC uh, stuff as possible. Who knows? I feel um, like that's probably not it. Yeah, I feel like they're more likely just not trying to step on DC's toes. So they're like, as we release that these make articles, sense. make sure we don't even mention that there are any other forms of comics or characters that could possibly be affected, right. because we don't want. Um, uh, but they angry daddy DC to beat us up. <laughs> They do do something cool, which is if you'd like to send in a character. So they, they talk about characters that you think are get better. Uh, they get more fun or competitive based on the above changes. We'd love to hear about it. We might even feature the character or team idea in a future article. You can submit your ideas to uh, gamefeedback at whiskids.com with the subject line from a distance characters to try. Now, this is my personal from a distance characters to try uh, is the only character to my knowledge that they printed to have zero range, but two targets who now works incredibly well. He he, he still worked before because he had a trait that made him work, um, but that now works incredibly well with the changes. Uh, and that is going to be the Captain America Winter Soldier 012 Captain America. He has charge first, first he clicks with energy explosion, zero range, and two targets. But he had a trait uh, that you could give him the Captain America shield, which gave him ESD running shot and a range value of six. But now it's cool that he always has those two targets on his dial and as opposed to getting those along with his trait. So if he is uh, in close, he can go ahead and double target now, which is really cool. So that's a guy who gets a very weird niche side grade uh, to this Captain America. So even if he does miss with his ranged combat attack and doesn't get his shield token back, uh, he can still do a little uh, do some double targeting with some punching and his charge, which is really cool. So yeah, I really, I really enjoy the change double target just for that Captain America getting a very small upgrade, very situational upgrade. But it is unlike unlike these characters that they listed, which it was more just like poor game design um, that they are now better. But like with the question, like if, if a character has they just said generically, he's a character with stealth that doesn't ignore hindering. Now he's better. I'm like, yes, you've made a million <laughs> characters that have stealth. That don't ignore hindering, hindering, and now yeah. they are better. He can yeah, now get amazing. all the, way to the middle of the bush, like we meant him to do mm -hmm. the whole time. Uh, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so that's also, a thing. Another thing you might notice about that question character is he has a little line through his shield, which is indomitable. Uh, that also no longer matters. So yeah. I'm no, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna absolutely. Yeah, I'm not gonna say too much more about these articles. Um, I don't think these are the biggest changes that they've released. Uh, I will say the theme team one is probably the biggest one. Uh, knockback is pretty big. It's not as big as losing pushing damage. Um, that's like been in the game since I don't know day one, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah that's probably I, the biggest I don't know but yeah I'll... 
I yeah, I wasn't there at the inception. Uh, but yeah, I I was I'll say that's still the biggest one. Uh, and yeah, I I'll still try these rules. Um, homebrew is always an option. Playing with the 2017 rules is always an option. Uh, but also just accepting the change and trying it out and seeing if it's fun or if it's for you is probably the best option. And if you don't think it's for you, then, you know, you just continue playing how you always have, however you want, uh, unless you're at a tournament and, and you people abide said by that. the law. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that is WizKid's rule there. So, um, And, of course, on, uh, what was it, in 2017, there were people saying, like, ah, I'm not going to, to play these rules anymore. I'm going to play with however I want to play it. Now, back then that seemed a bit extreme. Nowadays, I think it's a little more warranted just because it is a complete, it's like freaking shakeup. It's totally a new game. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for the people I was teaching to play the game last year. Um, that have to relearn with it the Masters of Evil start. And yeah. now I'm like, well, I'm glad we haven't played in a couple of months because the, the game is completely changed from how you understand it. So, um, yeah, for you new players, now we get to wait a little longer. Um, I'm not going to let you guys play this game until all the rules are out. So that'll really help you grow, guys. This, trust me, it's for you. It's for you. Yep. I do want to make... If you were a new player months ago, it sucks. But now, now if you're a new player now, it's fine. Yeah, just totally like in fine. 2017, if you yeah. started when Thor dropped, that was a great time to start. If you started yeah. six months great before time. Thor, that was a terrible time. Um, I do want to make yep, one sucks, last sucks. point for the themed team article. Um, the whole premise of that article was that they were going to balance like the playing field uh, since like the second player didn't really, well, the premise of the initiative bonus part of the article was about like kind of leveling the playing field. And while it levels the amount that one person can have a bonus over the other, it also does nothing to fix the fact that first turn immunity and like being able to be the first player is just so much better than being the second player. Like, even though it'll be more likely that you won't be the first player all the time now, that person will still have a huge advantage right. because they can stay in their starting area, they can pick the map, and, like, they can uh, reach you before you can... They can reach and attack you before you can reach and attack them, uh, assuming that you both have the exact same team and, like, full map reach or whatever. But, yeah, it does absolutely zero to fix the whole problem of uh, player one basically having an outright advantage all the time, always. Uh, being able to pick map is already a huge advantage, and then first turn in immunity, immunity um, being the second big advantage. Um, yeah, it doesn't really address, like, going forward, we will make sure that maps have a clear, like, one side is different than the other so that you know, if your team is really good at close combat and you lose map, you'll have a map where you can pick a, you know, like, blocked-in section so that you're not sniped right away or whatever. Uh, so Batman's not just shooting you from across the map before you can do anything about it. Um, it'd be great if they said something like that, but they didn't. Uh, hopefully, that'll just be something that is implemented because I think that's the much bigger issue when it comes to at least that aspect of the article. Correct, Simeon. Um, no, it, it always, that seems to be like the thing going forward is that us old players keep thinking like, well, that affects this. 
but does it really solve the problem that was like the problem to begin with? Not really. In a sort of roundabout way, I mean, you can say it does. Like in a in like a pat on your back, sure, you solved it. You, you've you've saved the day. But yeah. realistically, does it? No, not really. You know, yeah. like same thing with like how they changed TK and then how they changed the colossal retaliators. Does it fix after revolution resolutions and how that was a really messy, terrible wording? No, it doesn't. But now it just doesn't do those things anymore. At least, sort of. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is what it is, and it's where we're at. Um, but you're not, you're not let's fixing go ahead. a let's, problem uh, by equalizing how many times one person. So it's like, hey, right. this isn't fair, but now it'll be more unfair to like more people because more people will have to experience it. I don't know. Um, it's just not. It's not fixing the problem. It's just passing the buck by uh, giving one person the chance of not having the problem i mean which was always the way it was uh it's always the way it will continue to be so it's like in a in a tournament you might not always be second player but somebody will always be second player someone will always have to go second and this does nothing to fix that true other than yeah well yeah it just doesn't do anything to fix that uh it just makes it more likely or it makes it less uh, absolute as far as who the second player is it's less likely that you always get to be first player with your really high theme is all mm-hmm. but enough of that uh yeah. enough of that let's let's go ahead and put a little little bow on this hopefully this show wasn't as bad as our last <laughs> rules show i know it's just miserable that we point a gun at your guys's heads and force you to listen to this podcast so hopefully you you were managed to milk like a cow without a calf milk just some slight amount of joy from these udders of our show oh, that's a terrible analogy i don't know why i yeah, went with disgusting. that but either way i hope you were able to get it's hey it's not disgusting it's agriculture it's the a only backbone thing of america that anyone should you know be milking that. maybe you know that almonds. mr trust fund billion clicks if you worked for a living Ooh, i want wave two to come out so bad so I cashews and almonds is you all that should be my milked. title back. never Never. You know what I saw for Super Bowl? I saw an oat milk commercial, and they had the gall to label it milk for humans. I drink my milk from a bovine like a human I am. Thank you very much, Mr. Oat Milk. All right. Anyways, let's go ahead and do a Jedi Legend Hero Clicks tip of the week. You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> sure could use some death sticks. Heroclix tip of the week. Opposing characters can be considered adjacent if based on the diagonal. Walls and terrain are not considered adjacent when on the diagonal, like when this pops up on traits and powers. So uh, adjacent walls uh, so this is a, a little uh, little Kitty Pride action going on here. Jedi Legend really likes to to push X Men related stuff, and he knows I hate the X Men. I know he does this because I hate the X Men. Uh, it's this phasing teleport stealth. Friendly characters can move through walls adjacent to Kitty Pride. So walls can be adjacent on the diagonal, which is really cool for traits like this. However, uh, things like in WWE with ropes. Ropes on a diagonal are not adjacent ropes. You have to be on the uh, the flat side. You know, the, the horizontal, if you would, the straight up and down, no diagonal, no side to side jazz. So, so things like this, uh, also things like 
the doorman doorway through me once again he does the same thing as kitty pride you get rid of blocking terrain or a wall it's adjacent and they can ignore that wall um, but of course, ropes, when you look at blocking terrain, then the diagonal is not adjacent. Very strange, very weird yeah. powers, so but it's just it's how it works. If your character has like, you know, a wall next to them, or if they're adjacent to a singular wall, uh, they're technically adjacent to three squares of blocking. But yeah, for ropes, it only considers the flat side. So the one side is all because, mm -hmm. yeah, the diagonals don't work. Which is weird because there's turnbuckles in wrestling, Absolutely. and uh, even in the WWE ring, like a turnbuckle doesn't consider that two ropes, but it's fine. That's one ropes. It's fine. It's fine. It is. It's the way it is. Uh, so yeah, guys. Uh, also, you can find all Jedi Legends tips on our Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you might as well. Uh, now there's just so much GIF-related content on our Twitter with these uh, <laughs> Bruce GIF trademarks and Ness GIF trademarks that yeah. Simeon is just, I hope, I, not I losing sleep TM, over making. Which these. means it's trademarked. That's all you have to do, right? You don't actually have to trademark yeah, it with like it. a... Office I'm sure you don't have to like meet with a lawyer or anything. Yeah, no, I think you're fine. I just yep. I just put it in italicized mm, TM, and <laughs> magically it is owned by me. So it's it's sort of like a best of reel for all our idiotic adventures on YouTube. So just check out some of these gifts; they're great. And if you want to know more about them, just check out our YouTube. We have a comedy skits uh, section, and a lot of these are intros to unboxings or in like hot ones or extreme rules. So check that out. But that is that is all we have for this week. We did get some emails uh, this week. They, I believe, some of them did have stuff to talk about on the podcast. But the show is running a little long, and I got to get going. So we're gonna have to either cover those next week. Uh, I'm bad at writing you guys emails, probably just as bad as the WizKids feedback emails are. So I'm going to try to pound out some emails. I got to like psych myself up, sit down with my laptop and like tippity tap, 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 write some emails. I just never get around to replying to emails. So I'm trying to be a little better about that. But you can send us an email at dialhforheroclicks at gmail.com. All spelled out. It's beautiful. Um, you can go ahead, follow the show on Twitter, like I said, for those great gifts. Follow us on YouTube if you want to see us play with the new rules, see some fun unboxings. Um, unlike House of X, I will actually be buying a case of Future Foundation. So you, there, you expect an unboxing then and also expect, um, yikes, some kind of intro. Don't know what I'm doing yet. Don't know if I want to start myself on fire again. Don't know if I want to like actually like 100% try to start myself on fire. Um, who knows? But technically, Johnny Storm is dead and not part of the Future Foundation. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that intro. Um, and yeah, check us out on Facebook. Pop us a like there, guys. Uh, if you enjoy the show on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, wherever, write us a review on whatever you listen to this. It really helps other people see it. We'll read your review on the podcast. It's always good fun. Uh, just let us know. And that's all I've got to say. Well, if you're interested in these new rules and you want to pre-order some of the stuff that we talked about today, we talked about some cool previews before we got into the depressing rules that we made you listen to, literally held you down and forced you to listen to these rules and how much we disliked them. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're still into the game and you're not out yet, you're not just throwing in the towel like a quitter, uh, then check out CoolStuffInc.com. Where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. If you want to get rid of your hero clicks, you could enter all of them into their buy list and potentially win a PS5. And you know you won't have anything to do with your free time when Slicks is gone. So a PS5 will come in handy. Uh, you know you can buy some board games while you're there. 
Use code DIAL5 and they're a little bit cheaper for you. Check them out at coolstuffthinks.com. All right, guys. This is normally where I say happy trails, but really quick, I'm going to do a shout out to two HeroClix online tournaments. There is the Clicking It uh, Make It Meta tournament. That'll be $10 entry. You can uh, email, email, send a message to Adam, uh, any of the guys probably, or just straight up the Clicking It page uh, on Facebook and tell him, hey, man, I want to enter. And he'll get you signed up for that tournament. Basically, each round, he's going to choose a new figure. Uh, and everybody has to build with that figure on their team. It's probably going to be a figure that's just not meta or somewhat mediocre or maybe even bad. I hope it's just bad. I hope it's like a 250-point figure that's just <laughs> bad. And people got to play him, you know, because I think it's funny. Uh, but the prize for that is a brick of Future Foundation. And then Jay Solomon over at the JSA Clicks podcast is doing a tournament where i believe it's future foundation sealed it might end up being team sealed it might end up being just single dude sealed uh it's gonna have a lot of donated prizing which is really cool and i believe that is uh suicide awareness so go ahead and support both those awesome tournaments guys and like always happy trails Mutt, 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 mutt